So today we're starting a little, a little series uh, that's going to help propel you into our 21 days of prayer. And it, I'm calling it a little mini-series. Um, week after next, I'll pick back up with this. But it's called Careless. Careless. God wants you to be careless. Did you know that? Yeah. He also wants you to be fearless. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it today. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but I've read where the World Health Organization has declared that depression, anxiety, stress, and worry are the number one health risk in the world today right now. Number one! Not AIDS, not malaria, stress! Stress! Isn't that crazy? Stress! But thank goodness Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And God, by the way, did not design or create us to be fearful or worried or anxious. He created us to rule and reign with Christ. He created us to have dominion here in the planet. Right? In fact, he came that you might be a king. Of course, he's the king of kings. But he came to give us, kings have dominion. He came to give us dominion in the earth not for us to worry or to be stressed, to have anxiety or to be fretful and fearful. He wanted us to be fearless and to care less and to be anxious less. Is that a word? We're making up words today at Harvest Church. So the most repeated and common commandment in the Bible is fear not. Fear not. All right, pop quiz. You ready, Harvest Church? Do you think God would command us to do something if we were not able to do it. No, he's not that kind of father. So, he didn't, he didn't tell us to fear not so that we couldn't do it or that it would exasperate us, but to empower us to actually rise above fear, to live fearlessly, and to have dominion in the earth. So here's our text today, 1 Peter chapter 5. If you want to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Verses 6 and 7, and we're going to put it up on the screen for you as well. But if you brought your Bible, go ahead and open it and turn there. I want you to see it in your own Bible. And it says this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may do what? Exalt you in due time. Now, what does God want to do? He wants to exalt you does God want to make you sick to teach you a lesson no does he want to bring you down to the dust and grind you to power to show you who's boss no he wants to do what he wants to exalt you now we need to humble ourselves and the more we humble ourselves the more he exalts us so humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God everybody say God's got a mighty hand amen God doesn't have a weak hand he's got a mighty hand so we serve a God who's got a mighty hand. And that hand is available for you and for me, his children. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care on him. How much? Casting all your care upon him. Now that word casting, I looked it up. It means to come in sudden contact with and to stay connected to. So come in sudden contact and stay in contact with God. <clears throat> and it means to fling upon. Fling upon. It means to do it quickly. Not a slow transfer, 
But fling would look like this. Y'all watch this. Watch this. Fling all your care over on the Lord. Get it, get it off quick. What, what, what would you do if you spill coffee on yourself on the way to church? <laughs> Try to get it off of you. I say that because my youngest son baptized himself this morning on the way to church. <laughs> Whole thing. Drink offering under the Lord. Had to bring him cl- new clothes and everything. So if he smells a little caffeinated, no, he's got clean clothes on. So, yeah. But he suddenly, right? Or what would you do if a, if a if girl's, if a spider came? You're like, you fling it off, right? The Bible says, fling all your care onto the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. He loves us. In fact, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you are God's favorite. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but you're it. Everybody say, I'm God's favorite. So, it, the word cast, it means to come in sudden and constant contact with, to fling upon, and to place something on deposit. So, you ever go into a hotel room, and they had a little safe, you know, and you put your stuff in the, in the I don't know what you'd put in the safe, but you put your stuff in the safe, you know, passport, or, I don't know, your cash, what else, your, I don't know, whatever you put in your safe, you know, stuff, your your granola bars, you know, the important stuff, right? Put it on deposit. God says, put your cares on deposit with me. I'm safe. I'm going to take care of it for you. Cast all your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. That means he's interested and concerned about you. And then it says, be sober. That's a good word right there, right? Be sober. Don't get so worried that you're not sober. You could get in trouble if you're not sober. Be sober. How many of God wouldn't command you to do something if you couldn't do it? You can be sober. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was a good word for somebody. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion. He's not one, but he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say, no, you may not. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Worry, anxiety, and fear, they're the same thing emotionally, just experienced in different intensities. Kind of like stair steps. You got worry, anxiety, fear. And then there's even different levels of fear, all the way up to terror and stuff like that. Worry, anxiety, and fear. Stair steps. Different intensities. I'm going to give you the definition of those three. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Fear. Fear is a negative emotion caused by a real or perceived threat to our well-being. <clears throat> For example, there's different var- varieties of it. And I'm going to give you an illustration to visualize it. Everything from a poodle to a pit bull. Poodle, pit bull. So, we have a little nine, eight, nine-pound schnoodle. He's part poodle, part schnauzer. He's a schnoodle. And he's a little white fluffy ball of fur. And he's cute. But if you, if he don't know you, at first, if you, if you like come up on him, he's going to act like he's big and bad. But he's a schnoodle. Eight pounds. And so even if he bit you, you've got nothing to fear. 
Now, it might worry you a little bit, but you don't have to fear. Now, if he was a pit bull and in a bad mood, I hear pit bulls can be pretty ferocious. In fact, their noses are slanted backwards so they can still breathe while not letting go of what they got a hold of. And I've heard that some pit bulls, when they clamp down to get them to let go, you got to break their jaw. I mean, they're, I mean you gotta, you got to, so you got snoodle, worry, pit bull, fear. Right? So different levels, right? So you can worry about things. Is it just a little, too, I mean, our little snoodle, he ain't even got very many teeth. He's old. Now, he might worry you a little bit around the ankles, but you don't really have to fear him. But other people, they have things going on in their life that they're, they're afraid whether it's, again, real or perceived, it's fear. Then you got anxiety. Step it down to anxiety. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Anxiety is to be uneasy or nervous about an event, a person, or a problem I can't control. Now, are there any things in this life that you cannot control? Yes or no? Yeah. There's, there's several things you cannot control. Now, there is one thing you can control for sure, and it's sitting in your chair right now. Think about it. So, anxiety. So, to illustrate that, we have everything from <clears throat> the Crimson Tide football game to a company layoff. So, you ever everybody get anxious before an Alabama game? I mean, you know they're going to win, but you're still a little... I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you get, a little, you get a little anxious, right? Any Auburn fans, please, I love you, forgive me. But, you know, you, you, you get, a little, get a little anxious, but then all the way to like, oh, I could lose my job. They're laying people off at the, at, the, at the company, at the office, at the plant, at the mill, whatever. So there's two different, it's, it's still anxiety, but it's two different varieties or levels of it. See what I'm saying? The third thing is worry. If you're taking notes, write this down. Worry, it means to mentally dwell on difficulty or trouble. I know it's important what you mentally dwell on. It's a chronic concern. And we can illustrate this from the weather to a wedding. Yeah, I hope it doesn't rain today. You're supposed to go fishing and worry about it. Or I hope it doesn't rain today. You're supposed to get married outside. <laughs> so, weather or, or, or wedding. Different levels of worry. So there's different degrees of all these things. However, this is what I want you to know. God does not want us to be subdued by any of them. Whether it's the weather or the wedding, the poodle or the pit bull, the football game or the company layoff. He doesn't want us, and we could go around the room right now, and you could probably all come up with something different that you could be worried about or have anxiety about or have fear about. Real or perceived, right? And ultimately, what, if, if it's fear, what you're afraid of is not that thing. What you're afraid of is dying, right? I have a fear of, of spiders. No, you have a fear of being bitten by a spider and dying. I have a fear of falling or fear of heights. No, you have a fear of splatting. So your fear is rooted in death. But at the end of the message today, we're going to hear what Jesus did to the one who had the power of death. So fear can subside and be downgraded to anxiety. Anxiety can be downgraded and subside to worry. And worry can be downgraded and subside into peace. 
In the same way, you can get out of peace and you can get into worry. <clears throat> you can get out of worry and you can get into anxiety and you can get out of anxiety into fear. You can get out of fear and you can get into worse kinds of fear. But what I want you to know today is that Scripture commands us not to succumb to any of these three. And again, would God command us to do something that isn't possible? No, He would not. So if He says, fear not, then it must be possible. How do we know God's presence? <coughs> Pardon me. How do we know God's presence? Peace. How do we know Satan's presence? Fear or worry or anxiety. Because when God comes in the room, you ain't worried about nothing. You're not anxious about nothing, and you're not afraid of nothing. Now, that doesn't mean that worry doesn't come knocking, anxiety doesn't come pushing and pressing, and fear doesn't try to sneak up on us and startle us. But when you have the greater one on the inside of you, you're bringing the Prince of Peace with you everywhere you go. In fact, Scripture says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That way, no matter where you walk, you walk in peace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. I'm walking in peace everywhere I go because I'm walking in him and he is in me. Everybody say, he's in me. Hallelujah. So we know God's presence by peace. We know Satan's presence by fear. We won't turn there just now, but Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. That word anxious means to be uneasy. Should we be uneasy about anything? Ever been on an airplane and turbulence was pretty bad? One time I got up and went to the restroom. And about the time I shut the lavatory door, you know, doom, the pilot came on and says, Oh, please, fasten your seatbelts. We're about to experience some, as he said, turbulence. I was like, whoa. I was like, oh, Jesus. Woo. So I rode it out in the latrine, man. I shut the toilet. I didn't want anything sloshing. I shut the toilet. I said, help me, Lord. Uh, I, held, I was like a, like a rod at the, at the fair. They said, did you get worried? Did you fear? No, but when I came out, I had a smile on my face. And she was like, you okay? You got stuck. And I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, I would have been scared to death. And I was like, I just treated it like a roller coaster. <laughs> She's like, whatever works. I'm like, yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> so why worry? Right? Why? Why? Has it ever helped you? No, the answer is no. I have really good news for you, though. If you are, quote-unquote, by nature, a worrier, you're going to be a great prayer. Because you already know what to pray about. So, you know, my mama was a champion worrier, and I inherited that from her. Well, good. You already know how to make a prayer list. This is going to be easy for you. The number one reason for sickness and disease in the world today is anxiety. Anxiety. I've heard people say they had an anxiety attack. And, and I don't belittle that and I don't disdain that. But here's what I want to say to you if you've ever struggled with that is attack it back. Don't let it attack you. You attack it back. All right? That's how I live life. I live life on the attack. It doesn't matter if it's a dog, if it's a redneck, if it's a disease. I'm going to attack it back. You ain't gonna... Come at me, bro. <laughs> Don't let this five foot seven frame fool you. I'm half crazy. I'm possessed. 
got the greater one inside of me. You don't want none of this. Trust me. You know, just walk away. Walk away. Now, I ain't scared of nothing. Now, that's been developed, though, over the years. I, no, Mr. Sammy, I've had an opportunity to be afraid many times. I just don't take them. I've had guns in my face, knives to my throat. Uh, dogs chase after me. Muslims with machetes chase after me. Hindus try to poison my food. Just, I've, done a, I've done some crazy stuff. Why? Because I ain't scared. <laughs> there was one time, uh, there's a story I heard this in Bible college. One of my professors, he said uh, about uh, people prophesying in church. And we believe in that and we do that. But this was a prophecy that probably wasn't from the Lord. <laughs> this prophecy was, uh, it was up in the hills of Kentucky somewhere. Thus saith the Lord, my little children. That's so far so good, right? <laughs> Be not as scared. That's not too, you know what scared is, that means scared, right? Be not as scared. That's so far so good. Little children, don't be as scared. And this is what the Lord said. For sometimes I get a little scared myself. <laughs> I mean, the, Lord, the Lord doesn't get scared. Right? right? I mean, the lion of the tribe of Judah don't get scared. Now, you might get scared of the lion, but the lion don't get scared of you. Amen. And you got the lion on the inside of you. Amen. Greater is he that's in you. Let's see that's in the world, right? Amen? Turn to your neighbor right now and say, Rawr. That's right. You got a lion on the inside of you. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew 6, 25. I'm supposed to say hi to all of our guests today. If you're a first-timer, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We actually have a T-shirt we want to give you. So you can say, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. So we got the T-shirt for you. We want to give it to you after the service over in the VIP lounge. Just go over there, and we got a free gift for you. All right, Matthew 6, 25. If you're watching this online, you don't get no shirt because you ain't here. So you got to come see us, and we'll give you a shirt too. All right, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or God and money. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. This is Jesus saying, don't worry. <laughs> That's right. That's what he said. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, the whole life. Don't worry about it. What, will, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not this life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly, say it with me, Father. He's our heavenly what? Father. It's very important that you know that he is your Father. Who's your daddy? God. Say, but my daddy, I didn't have a dad. You do now. My dad was mean. He isn't anymore. My dad was abusive. Well, you got a new one. And he loves you. He adores you. You're his favorite. My daddy was messed up. All right, join the human race. But God, Jesus came so you can get a new daddy. Well, I just have an awful image of what a father is. Surprise, you got a new dad. And he's awesome and he loves you. It's like getting adopted by, well, remember little orphan Annie? She got adopted by the rich guy, right? Daddy Moneybags, whatever his name was, I don't know. But you got something better than that. You got adopted by the king of the universe. And he came to give you life and life more abundantly. Man, I'm preaching better than your amen, but that's all right. This is good stuff. Think about it. When God 
made Adam. He formed him out of the dust of the ground, right? He made a, he made a self-portrait. He got to make somebody who looks like me. Because how many of his sons look like their dad, right? He made, he's going to make somebody who looks like me. He made Adam, made him out of the dust of the ground. How many of them were all dirt bags, right? And then God <laughs> breathed into him the breath of life. Adam woke up. The first thing he saw was his daddy's face. Can you imagine? That's why we all want to see God's face. That's the first thing Adam ever saw. And the first thing that God ever did, first thing, I mean, you think he picked him up by the legs and spanked him in the behind, show him who's boss? That's not what the Bible says. The first thing God did, the Bible says, and God blessed him. That's awesome. He blessed him. You know what that means? It means God said, I'm empowering you to excel and prosper. He said, you're going to go places, boy. You made my image. You look like me. I mean, you, I made you good looking. You're going to go places. You're going to move ahead, move forward. You see all this? It's all yours. How I many Adam, the richest man that ever lived? He owned it all. And he goes, now, go be fruitful and multiply and be blessed and have dominion. Have dominion over the birds, the air, the fish, of the sea, the land, the creatures that... The creeps, how many of you got dominion over creeps? And that's you and me. I'm not afraid of spiders, and I don't like snakes, and I don't go pet them. I stay away from them if I see them or kill them, but I ain't afraid of them. God put enmity between us and them. And we could tread upon them, but I ain't going to have them as a pet. If you got a Pet snake, you're weird. I mean, I, I, I probably like you and I love you, but you're just weird. I ain't going to have no snake in my house. That's just me. That's just me. Or cats. I'm just kidding, all you cat lovers. I'm just kidding. I love cats. <clears throat> they taste like chicken. I'm kidding. I'm teasing. That's the, I don't know that. I've never had, I've never had cats. I love dogs, and I actually have eaten dogs, but, that was, I, but that was, I had to. That was in a faraway place. And, you got to do what you got to do. All right. No one can serve two masters. Look at the birds of the air. This is verse 26. we got to get back to the Bible, right? Look at the birds of the air. They taste good, too. Like my dad says, if God didn't want you to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them taste so good. So, but if you're a vegan, God bless you, too. Vegetables taste good, too. <clears throat> Look at the birds of the air. Oh, wait. I, I forgot a verse. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not more valuable than they? Yes, you are. Which of you, by worrying, could add one cubic to your stature? So, why do you worry about clothing? That's a good word for my wife right there. Why do you worry about clothing? Every morning she's outside of that closet. Should I wear this or should I wear that? And she always asks me, and I don't know the answer. You know, does, this, does this look good? Mm-hmm. Look good. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the valley, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, the king, in all of his glory and splendor was not arrayed or dressed like one of these. Ooh, isn't that good? That's just a comforting passage, isn't it? God's like, don't worry about your life. I got you. I got you. Because... Emotional problems, if they're left unchecked, they turn into physical problems. 
and emotional problems, if they're left unchecked, they turn into relational problems. So don't worry. Be careless. Be fearless. Fear of man. Fear of failure. Fear of rejection. Fear of financial crisis. Fear of just fill in the blank. You know what you're afraid of or deal with. We all deal with something. They come to steal, kill, and destroy. If you're taking notes, jot this down. The root of all chronic fear. I don't mean just, oh, so I was afraid. Oh, I'm okay now. But chronic, ongoing fear. Ongoing chronic anxiety. Ongoing chronic worry. The root of it is an orphan spirit. In other words, you don't know who your daddy is. A jealous Christian is just a Christian who don't know who they are. Because if you knew who you were, you wouldn't be jealous. Because you know, I'm good. I got all I need, baby. I'm happy for you. I'm happy. That's why I can rejoice with those who rejoice. Because I know I'm a son of the king. I'm a daughter of the king. So a jealous Christian is an oxymoron. An orphan. What do you think about orphan spirit? Let's go to Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14. All the way through verse 17. And it says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Everybody say, that's me. These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. How many know fear leads to bondage? But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, or Papa, Daddy. It's the most intimate, cutest little thing that little Hebrew kids could call their father. Abba, Abba. When my boys were little, they called me Papa, Papa. And it was their, their first word for both of them because I am competitive. And I, whenever I held them, I was training them. Say, Papa, 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 Papa. And they finally they said it. Yes, Papa, Papa. And then they said Mama. And then Gavin said Ball. Everything was a ball. And Gar- Garrison's third word was Gaga. That's his brother. So he said Papa, Mama, Gaga. He knew everybody's name. And so he says, you receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Papa, Daddy, Abba, God. Not almighty heavenly Father who sits upon the throne with lightning bolts. No. (laughs) Papa, Abba, Dada. And God's like, yes. What you want? Anything, anything, anything. Anything you want, ask me. You have not because you ask not. I'm your daddy and I love you and you're my favorite. We have that spirit on the inside of us. I know you might have been in one situation, but I adopted you out of that into my own family. And now you're, in a, now you're, now you're part of the, the royal family in the kingdom. Spirit of adoption. And everything that the father has now belongs to you. You just got to reach up and grab it by faith. This is good stuff. Verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Did you know when you're born again, you come into the kingdom, you're born as a child into the kingdom. Childlike faith. Nobody comes into the kingdom as an adult. We all got to grow up. Amen. How many are sitting next to somebody who needs to grow up? I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. We all got to grow up, right? Grow up. 
Verse 17, and if we're children, and we are, then we are also, guess what? Heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I emphasize those words for a reason, and I can't, I can't get off into this for too much, but I'll just give you a little taste. But a lot of times, people, they, they come to church, they get born again. That's awesome. They come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, and they go, I'm excited about this church. And they, they, they got to, we want to help the vision of the house come to pass. And they might get saved, but they don't get set free. In other words, they become born again, but they still have an orphan mentality. And they start thinking, well, if I don't strike out on my own and make my own dreams come true, I can't support this vision because then my own vision won't come to pass. But the way God created it is when we all come in this thing together and pitch in together and we, we get behind the vision of the kingdom and the vision of the house, then not only will the, God's vision from the house come to pass, but your dream and your vision comes to pass. It's a good deal. And so, why? Because we have an abundance mentality. We know that there's more than enough. Not a, orphans have a scarcity mentality. But you don't have that. You have an abundance mentality. And God adores you. What he loves the most is to papa us. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Well-fathered children are fearless children. Well-fathered children are fearless children. When fear sits in your midst, it robs you of enjoying those you love the most. So what are we going to do? We're going to kick it out. So three ways to kick out fear, anxiety, and worry. Or in other words, three ways to focus on Jesus. Because how many know it's focusing on Jesus, fixing your eyes on Jesus, that kicks out fear, anxiety, and worry. So taking notes, jot these three things down. Number one. Consider them, them being fear, worry, and anxiety. Consider them agents of evil come to rob you or intimidate you. Does anybody like to be robbed? Me neither. Anybody like to be intimidated? Me neither. When worry, anxiety, and fear come, they're coming to rob you and intimidate you. Don't let them. Because Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So know that worry, anxiety, and fear are enemies. Number two, turn every anxious thought into a prayer. Turn anxious thoughts into prayers. Here's the verse for that, Philippians 4. Verses 6 and 7, it's our power verse. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. What are we thankful for? We're thank As we pray, we're thankful to him that he loves us and adores us. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Not the devil, not your neighbor. Let it, let it be known to God. So in other words... Turn your worry list into your prayer list. Let your request be made known to God. And when you do this, verse 7 kicks in. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Amen? And here's number three. Believe. By faith, believe and confess that God is your loving dad that cares for you. Believe and confess by faith that God is your loving dad that cares and loves you. Why, why do you say believe and confess? It's important what you say. It's important 
what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> we were listening to Joyce Meyer, and she said, you know, Jesus hung on the cross for like five hours, and he only spoke for like 90 seconds. He said, you know, give me something to drink. And he said, John, take care of my mama. Then he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And then he said, it is finished. Aren't y'all glad it wasn't me hanging on the cross, dying for your sins? I'd have said all kind of stuff. Get me down. This hurts. What's wrong with you people? Y'all crazy? I got a message for you. You speak sign language? Come here. Uh, get me off this tree. I'd have, said, I'd have messed the whole thing up. Jesus, he's up there for five or six hours. He didn't say nothing. How many of you sometimes the best thing to say is? Keep your mouth shut. When worry, fear, and anxiety come, just don't say nothing. Just ignore it. Sometimes it takes more faith to say nothing. I ain't worried about that. Like Smith Wigglesworth, one time the devil appeared in the middle of the night, shook his bed violently, and, and he woke up in the middle of the night, and there was a devil rawr, trying to intimidate him. And Smith Wigglesworth said, oh, it's just you. And he rolled over and went back to sleep. I ain't worried about you. So God even gives us in Philippians 4.8, the next verse, he gives us a list of things to think about and to talk about. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, think about or meditate on these things he tells us what to think about meditation is the key to transforming your situation think about these things whatever is lovely I, I always think of my wife when I hear that part whatever is lovely I just think about her last verse here we go Hebrews chapter 2 you can, I'm just going to go ahead and warn you this is Hebrews 2 14 and 15 this is what I call shouting ground. Did you wear your shouting shoes today? Hebrews 2. I'm going to need a drink on this one first. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Inasmuch then, as the children, that's us, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same. Why? Why did he become what we are so that we can become what he is he shared in the same that through death he might destroy him he didn't just disable the devil he didn't just damage the devil he destroyed him that he might destroy him who had the power had the power did you hear me he had the power of death. He had, that's past tense. That means he ain't got it no more. He had the power of death. So why is that important? What do you, what do, you do who's, with somebody who's not afraid of death? You don't have to be afraid of death anymore because Jesus destroyed the one who had the power of death. Now, if Jesus tarries is coming, we're all going to die. But it's kind of like the Apostle Paul. They're like, all right, Paul, you've been preaching this gospel. We told you to shut up. We're going to throw you in jail. He's like... Oh, would you? I got some letters I've been writing. I need to finish them. I need some time where I can just focus on my writing. Would you throw me in jail? And I'll write two-thirds of the New Testament that's going to change the world for forever. All right, then we're going to kill you. Would you? I mean, 
to depart from my body is to be with Christ, which is far better. I don't mind going home to be with Jesus. It's like, what do you do with a guy like that? Nothing. You can't scare him. He ain't as scared of nothing because he's not afraid of death. Because when we die, it's just a promotion. We go into the next level. It's not an ending, it's a beginning. Amen. That's why we have hope. Hope. Let me finish reading this verse, I'll let you go. That through death, he might, Jesus might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. In case you're not sure who I'm talking about, the devil has been defeated. He's been destroyed. He's been disabled. He's been annihilated. That he might release those who through death, who through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So if you're not afraid of death, you're not afraid of bondage. If you're not afraid of death, you don't... You're not in bondage to anything. I'm telling you today, you've been adopted by the Father. You've been, out, you've been translated out of darkness into light. He that had death has been defeated and destroyed. You don't have to be as scared no more. You got the lion on the inside of you. You are a victor, not a victim. You are an overcomer, not overcome. You have not been defeated, but you are enforcing the defeat of darkness. Everywhere you go, you don't have to worry, have anxiety or fear about anything. Come on, stand up on your feet today and give God some praise today. Come on, make some noise. We are fearless, careless. Woo! Come on, sing it. Let's sing this. Come on. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, sing it again, yeah. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, oh Jesus. Jesus, we make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do right now. If you have been struggling with worry, I mean chronic worry, chronic anxiety, and chronic fear, here is my assignment today as your pastor, and that is to break the power of that spirit, because it is a spirit dispatched from the pit of hell to try to take you out. But I want you to know, he who had the power of death has been defeated. So if that's you today and you just need some help, would you raise your hand? If you need prayer today, would you just raise your hand right where you are, all over this room. If you're watching this online or in the family venue, just raise your hand right right where you are. Because God made me a shepherd over sheep, and that means I got a stick. Now I'm about to use it. And I want you to join me, all right? You use your authority that you've been given in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to put mine with yours. And we're going to take care of some business. You ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of chronic worry, anxiousness, and fear. Terror. In Jesus' name, I break you off of their life, off of their mind. And I command you, loose them and let them go now get out of here never come back we rebuke you the blood of Jesus is against you 
get your hands off of God's property and you get your hands off of God's people in the name of Jesus no more fear less care less worry less anxiety you foul spirit you leave now in Jesus name I'm telling you tonight some folks are gonna sleep better tonight you're gonna dream better some of you are worried about some money things God says, I am Daddy Warbucks, Daddy Big Bucks. You just ask me. I got you covered. Some of you are worried about your marriage. God says, marriage was my idea. I created the whole thing. Just come, bring it to me. Bring it to me in prayer. And the peace of God that passes understanding is going to guard you. It's going to come and make things whole again. Amen. Going to fix something, get some things back on track where they belong. Never the same again physical symptoms you're going to notice when you walk out of this place that hey that thing that that's gone you know why because the root of it was worry anxiety and fear back pain headaches migraines some of you your eyesight's going to be better and fixed and different some of you have had breathing problems i'm telling you this is good news today this is the practical gospel hallelujah do you receive it today come on somebody say i'm free I'm free. Freedom! <laughs> Freedom! Fearless! Painless, careless. Woo! <laughs> Amen! Amen. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes with me right now. Bow your head, close your eyes with me right now. If you've never been adopted into the family, oh man, boy, did you come to the right place at the right time today? You've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, never made God your Abba Father. I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation today. And as you pray this prayer, I want you to know that the spirit of adoption is going to move into your heart and change you from the inside out. If you're here today, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're watching us online, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to be included in this prayer, I want you to raise your hand right now all over this room. Got you right here. One. Over here, two, three, excellent, four, God bless you, five, six, excellent, seven, that's great. We had five or six in the first service. Awesome. Yes, if you raised your hand or should have raised your hand, there's about seven or eight folks here. You pray with us online, in the family venue, on Facebook. The Spirit of Heaven is going to come and invade your heart with His goodness, His love, and His peace. Are you ready? Let's all pray it together. Harvest Church, say it with me today. Say, Dear Abba Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. And I'm asking you, save me now. Forgive me now. You were raised from the dead so I could be raised from the dead spiritually right now. I welcome you into my life. From this day forward, I am yours. You are mine. Jesus is my Lord. Amen. You prayed that prayer. You just got born again. Congratulations. God bless you. Welcome home. Welcome home.